Teacher's Appreciation Day? Hmm. Don't try to butter me up now. I know it was you who took all those years off my life. is a 1976 South Korean-American co-production called Ape. Mm. Though I don't much care for that title. Is it a big ape, a small ape, or a normal-sized one? And what does this animal do? I much prefer the film's grindhouse re-release title, Attack of the Giant Horny Gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) Ape, directed by Paul Letter, was rushed through production to capitalize on the release of Dino De Laurentiis' King Kong remake. The movie uses suitmation, a filming technique made famous by the Godzilla series, where an actor in a monster suit stomps on a miniature city. Ape opens with a 36-foot simian escaping capture in the waters off South Korea. The creature fights what was billed as a white shark in the film's trailer, but what is in fact a dead sand tiger shark that the actor in the ape suit twirls around like a bad dance partner. (laughs) Desecrating this poor shark's memory is just the first of many monstrous acts committed by this film. We then meet Marilyn, played by Joanna Kearns, a Hollywood star who is shooting her first movie in, quote, the Orient. (laughs) Upon arriving in South Korea, she meets up with her on-again, off-again lover, a journalist named Tom, played by Rod Arentz, a man who never learned that no means no. (laughs) Marilyn wants to focus on her career, but Tom insists on taking her back to her hotel room and even proposes marriage. The ape terrorizes the countryside, appearing at random and somehow sneaking up on farmers in broad daylight, in the middle of an open field, no less. Sneaking up on people is something this towering creature manages again and again throughout the film. (laughs) Davis, played by Alex Nichol, is a tough-talking, xenophobic U.S. colonel stationed in South Korea. And he's reluctant to believe reports of the ape's reign of terror. Have any of our people seen this monster, he stresses. (laughs) He later says of the South Koreans, I've seen these people's parades. They're very good with masks and costumes. (laughs) Yikes. Shortly after Marilyn is taken by the ape during her film shoot, the military attempts to subdue and capture the creature with gas. What follows is a calisthenics routine as the ape swats at helicopters flying overhead, ultimately knocking one from the sky and flipping at the bird. A GIF classic. During this long, long sequence, Tom whisks Marilyn away to safety. She later tells him that there was a kindness in the ape's eyes as he held her. Tom takes Marilyn to the city of Seoul to the home of his friend, police officer Captain Kim, played by Nakun Lee. As the ape terrorizes Seoul and kidnaps Marilyn again, this time from the Kim's home, the Korean government decides to kill the monster instead of capture it, much to the relief of Colonel Davis. After an endless parade of stock footage depicting vehicles and aircraft, the ape does ultimately meet its end, and in a kiss-off line that rivals Hasta La Vista Baby, Colonel Davis says, Let's see him dance for his organ grinder now. (laughs) As Tom holds Marilyn, both saddened by the loss of the giant hairy lug, he imparts, He's just too big for a small world like ours. Wow. Wow. Classmates, this is Ape. 
Monkey noises. Eight. B, ten tons of animal fury leap from the screen. Hey, look! C, giant ape defy jaws of great white shark. C, giant ape vanquish monster reptile. C, metropolis fight to survive flaming holocaust. C, helpless beauty in embrace of 36-foot monster. C, ape... Can I blow your mind for a second? I don't think the movie has that much stock footage. Wait, they apparently what? had like full access to the US Army troops in Korea. What? I mean, they did thank them profusely in the first title card, so. I'm pretty sure that that's actually wildly and somehow not stock footage. That is baffling. This movie is punk rock as shit. (laughs) I love thinking about how much of the U.S. Army's money this movie spent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take that, Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Well, who's ready to go ape wild on this movie, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Jamie Kennedy? Twas the American military complex killed the beast. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now I have to write my final thought. (laughs) Damn it. Greg Hansen. Gentle. This is a goddamn podcast, and you want me to be gentle? (laughs) Casey Reagan? As Garrett said, in the vein of this film's 80s grindhouse re-release, I am a giant horny gorilla for this movie. (laughs) I would follow this movie all the way to Korea. Pressure it into sex whenever I can. Do some light <laughs> nagging by shaming it for pursuing a career instead of a life with me. <laughs> then I would propose marriage as a test and get cagey whenever it gets brought up again. <laughs> That's very involved just for a singular movie. I really care about this movie. <laughs> and we have an exchange student today, my good friend and B-movie expert extraordinaire, Garrett Steiger. Josh, please. I prefer the name King Kong. <laughs> I apologize, King. Or is it Mr. Kong? Mr. Kong, please. From what I hear on the circuit, you're fucking King Dong, you know? <laughs> Wait a minute, Garrett. I want to know, because Josh told us you, you're you a bit of a, a kaiju aficionado. Oh, yes. Oh, what does this mean? Where, where did you study? <laughs> uh, as an early teen, I studied at TNT's Monster Vision Monster <laughs> Movie Marathons. The pre-JBB Monster Vision? JBB. Joe Bob Briggs. Yes. I think so. All, all I remember was, so I started watching a bunch of Godzilla movies, Godzilla versus Monster Zero, Mothra versus Godzilla, and they had this sort of like animated Frankenstein graphic. Why that had anything to do with Godzilla, I don't know. It's <laughs> just their branding. <laughs> but that's sort of where my love of kaiju all began. And how does Ape stand up in the, <laughs> the canon of kaiju movies? You know... It takes a lot for me to dislike a kaiju movie, but Uh-oh. I feel like they all exist on a spectrum between, like, sincerely love Uh-oh. and ironically love. I would uh-huh. say ironically like. Yes, yes. No, no. Uh, wait, Josh, you didn't have an opening thought. Oh, uh, eat your breakfast or I'll 
become a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is dad going to hit us? <laughs> Not if you laugh enough at the marionette, kid. Oh, God. I have so many thoughts on the marionette. Those kids loved those puppets. <laughs> Nobody in history has loved a marionette as much as those kids do. And if Yo. there is someone who does, I don't want to know. Bob Baker it. should frankly talk to them so that they can save their marionette shell. <laughs> like, it's, it's tough times for them right now. I will say, though, the, the fact that those kids weren't in the same shot as the marionette, <laughs> they were probably reacting to something legitimately funny and then they just were like how about a marionette those kids <laughs> ran away they're just like we can cut it <laughs> it just made me think oh my god Korea's gonna go crazy when they finally get television <laughs> if these kids are entertained by this just wait your kids are gonna love it so we open like any good kaiju movie does right with uh the producers thanking the american army for its cooperation i would love if the next con versus godzilla movie opens with that same title card. <laughs> <laughs> only like also includes space force like <laughs> producers of this movie would love to thank the american military and space force for all their help space force renamed guardians this week is that right <gasps> What? Oh, I missed that. My Twitter feed was a cascade of Guardians of the Galaxy, like, what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> yes, and things like that. Is that the movie with the raccoons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should let you know. Please try your best not to reference any A-movies with Greg. He gets nervous. And <laughs> it really others Greg when you reference a Hollywood film. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, we get the opening credits and the, the the music fucking kicks it. The music is unbelievable. And it's, it's from the sweet. Soul Symphony Orchestra. This is legit music. But it does kind of sound like the Music Library Overture. They're just going through all the themes. That, like, yes, it sounds yeah. good. But it's going through all the themes that would be in, in a music library. And they're just like, all right, here's the happy music and the sad music and the weird music and the pensive music. Like, it's yeah. somewhere in between a music library and an actual score because it's like you took middle school tracks and handed it to abject professionals and was like, here, run with this. <laughs> is it library tracks or was it composed for this movie? Oh, because there, there is like a late motif that goes through the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just a baller move to like use library tracks and be like, composed by this guy 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All my thoughts on that and anything else were immediately replaced by a title card thanking the U.S. Army on top of a shot of what is clearly a toy boat. <laughs> <laughs> it is a toy boat in a bathtub. That is all it is. That is the first and not the last middle finger that this <laughs> movie gives. The opening credits fly at you, which is just the first inclination that this movie was originally shot in 3D. <laughs> wait, and wait, it was? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a 3D oh. movie. Oh, Josh, baby, we got so much to talk about. <laughs> okay, that makes, that makes so much so sense because there is so much of this movie that flies at the camera and in a way that only makes sense if they shot it in 3D. It was very effective, much like Arrival at a Train Station. I felt very overwhelmed <laughs> whenever those boulders came flying at my face. Woo. We ducked out of the way several times. Several times. times. <laughs> One of my favorite instances was they have these soldiers approaching the camera with their guns drawn, right? So the barrel is in the lens, and you can almost see the actor go, okay, hold half a beat. <laughs> 
Get out of the way. <laughs> this happens repeatedly, right? <laughs> this movie throws figuratively and legitimately everything at us. <laughs> For a movie that cost $23,000 to make, because they got the cooperation of the U.S. Army <laughs> and the Korean Army. It looks like a $25,000 movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get those five grand for free. <laughs> This movie does not make the armed forces look cool. <laughs> and it's made all the better by the fact that this is the year after Vietnam ends. So it's like, I guess it's a little bit of what else were they doing? But also like, ah, eh, we're still over here. I guess we'll, you know, pivot to movie making. <laughs> we got a few helicopters not lost in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> this was made in cooperation with the U.S. Army. However, not with the U.S. Navy because we do open up a toy boat in a bathtub. To quote Croce Robot, special effects by Billy! <laughs> There's a, a sea captain and one of his crew members on the bow of a boat yep. talking about this, this beast they have locked up. Were you there on the island when they caught him? Yeah, sure was. I would have missed it for the world. He's something to see, I tell you. I know and it just rings of, oh, you had to be there. Were you guys there when you saw this giant 36-foot beast get taken down? Yeah, it was something. Real In something. Harlem. In Harlem. What? There's a movie that we missed that I really want to see. There are four movies that this. I mean, this movie picks up 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Yeah. We lost all of Skull Island, all of the capture. We're, we're, like, we pick up at the climax of king kong but also somehow this whole thing hasn't been like all over the news and they've just left this giant ape to a really small boat with seemingly very little security enough drugs to apparently knock him out for four days but like (laughs) how do you know that also going from harlem to Disney World? Where Disney do you land. get to Korea? Disneyland. So are they sailing around the top? Like, <laughs> how do you get from New York, Harlem, going to California through Seoul? What is that trajectory? Are they, are they just like, shit, we gotta go through the Bering Strait also? Well, that's why the drugs wore off. This took way longer than they expected. Also, a 36-foot ape, it would be easier and actually legitimately feasible to just put it on the back of a tractor trailer like yeah. it's <laughs> you can put houses on that shit <laughs> this is the first of many crimes against scale that this movie oh my God. makes <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> a massive hand bursts out from the deck and we get a singular oh shit from, <laughs> from the crewman i will say you gave that too much feeling baby yeah. <laughs> oh shit Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Apart from the toy boat, those early lines of dialogue are what did it for me, the delivery, right? Imagine. Almost 36 feet tall. Wow. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm going to stop us right here. Did you guys not love this movie? <laughs> I loved this one. I'm somewhere in between. Uh-oh. We are going to have some problems. <laughs> Do I wish it was 20 minutes shorter? Yes. yes. No. Like, that's no. my biggest thing. Yeah. Like, I think if it was tighter, I would have liked it way more, but I found 40 myself... 40 minutes longer. <laughs> <laughs> I needed 40 minutes less of vehicles So you want to bring moving. Peter Jackson in for this, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I will watch this over Peter Jackson's King Kong every One. day. <laughs> every day. I'm not sure I can argue with that. <laughs> 
I'm going to show you the first note I wrote while I was watching this movie. Better than King Kong. <laughs> the drawing of an ape in the top left corner. And a little drawing of an ape. This is also the tagline of the movie. <laughs> you know, King Kong gets bogged down in all of this character development and story. No, no, no. No, I don't need any of that. Two minutes into the movie, an ape has busted loose out of a boat. That boat has exploded. <laughs> and that ape just starts kind of grooving like the Caddyshack gopher in the middle of the ocean. And then fucking tangos with what is clearly a real dead shark. Also, the boat that he's busted out of is a quarter of the size of the actual ape that comes yes. out of it. The hand comes up, it is the size of the deck, and then the yeah. entire ship explodes. Well, it's like that yeah. inspirational poster of like an iceberg. You don't know what's below the surface. The, the ship looks normal, but like it's really big underneath. Is that yeah. an inspirational? <laughs> yeah, maybe the boat just had a really big basement. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, if the ape is 36 feet tall... Uh, and it is. How big is this fucking shark? <laughs> if the ape is 36 feet tall, he's about waist deep in the ocean. <laughs> so the ocean at its deepest is, is about 12 feet. <laughs> you could do the ape shared universe with the shark and the snake it fights later. If that ape is 36 feet tall, these are massive animals <laughs> that could command a movie in and of themselves. Yeah, if this yeah. ape was just wandering around Harlem, that leads me to believe that this is a world where there are just unexplainable giant animals Ooh. in the path of human beings, and you just get out of the way. <laughs> I'm about to National Geographic your asses, Ooh. because the biggest shark is the whale shark at 60 feet. And so, really, this is just a middle-sized shark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Middle-sized white shark. <laughs> oh, don't bring color into this. <laughs> 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 Garrett, the movie will get racist enough. <laughs> well, speaking of scale, this is a good time. I have an anecdote from the movie Con Skull Island that I've heard before, which was cool. when they were in production for it, the director, Jordan Boyd Roberts, was confronted by the art department because they were trying to figure out what the scale of Con was going to be in the movie. And they were basically trying to make it like the 42 50 foot range and they had put a whole bunch of cool things really trying to sell 50 foot and they had the 36 foot version the 50 or 60 foot version and then like just to be ridiculous they threw in the 104 foot tall version and jordan was like that one like uh <laughs> wait but the original con was like 40 feet and he climbed the empire state building if you want all these things we'd have to like change everything Yes, that one. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that's how this movie feels as well. Yeah. Bigger. Bigger. But we keep saying 36 feet. Bigger. 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 Can we just appreciate how fucking stinky oh. that dead shark fight must have been? Oh. <laughs> Thank God this movie is not in smell-o-vision. <laughs> right. This guy is standing in a costume shop, ape costume. At most, 36 bucks. Yeah, one dollar <laughs> per foot. per foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's standing in, like, an enclosed pool, ripping a dead shark apart. 
Bart. Like, that's gotta smell so bad. It is. And they did it for our entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and entertained I was. I certainly was. <laughs> and the ape does the, like, pull the jaw apart thing, the iconic Kong move. <laughs> Kong's finisher. <laughs> you know, just like the WWE, Kong will look out at the crowd and be like, you all want it? You want to the jaw pull? All through this movie, the ape is really feeling himself. <laughs> he, like, puts his hand up to his ears like, you want it? I would love to watch this movie with the color commentators. Yes. I want to get JR and just be like, oh, no! It's a snake! <laughs> he swat the damn helicopter! He swatted the damn helicopter! He's giving the crowd the finger! Oh, that's uncalled for! I like that my JR just screams and yours sounds like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's really a fixture on this podcast at this point. The amount of times we do impressions of him. Truly. Oh, the apes destroyed Bill's house! <laughs> Marilyn's in Captain Kim's house! And that came! <laughs> Goodbye, you old buildings alone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a way better movie version of the video game Rampage than the movie version of the video game Rampage. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it just begins with this fucking ape kills a a megalodon, or I guess a a whale shark. Yes, and in the spirit of giving, Garrett, Josh, me, I think we all need to say out loud what joke we wrote down for that section, which was one, One, two, two, three. three. They're They're gonna gonna need a bigger bigger shark. shark. Oh, I screwed up the joke, guys. God damn it. need a bigger boat because that thing ripped it to shreds (laughs) 40 minutes into talking we're still on the size of the boat (laughs) but we get right into guy in gorilla suit stomping toy buildings yeah he walks through the ocean to korea right so where were they this movie takes place in a pangea like early earth (laughs) where everything was very close (laughs) so when he reaches the mainland this is when i want to make my pitch that actually this whole movie can be used as a metaphor for covid Uh uh-oh we're getting topical Uh, because because he reaches the mainland and he becomes kind of this unstoppable rampaging threat hitting the small towns first the people in charge keep getting warned about it and they don't quite believe that it's happening and they just want to continue with their daily lives until it's gotten so out of control that all you can really do about it is treat it like a natural disaster where it's like don't go to the cities right now we can't stop him he's it's 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 taking on a life of its own just try and get out of the cities (laughs) go to the suburbs if you just wear a mask (laughs) (laughs) and then it falls apart but <laughs> that was good, Jamie. But uh, you know, we may have to cut it because by the time this comes out, uh, COVID will probably be cured. Again. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I would love to talk for a minute about the ape's nipples. Do we need to? <laughs> Do, do your thing, baby. The floor is yours. Why? How? Like, well, like, just what's up? <laughs> they look very chafed. The, he's been. I don't know, man. I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I just wanted to get it off my chest. Oh, oh, no. oh. All right. All right. Oh. All right. Settle down, everybody. We're all friends here. People are fleeing in terror. We cut to the airport where we meet 
our hero, Tom? It was a real bummer when I learned that people were going to be in this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when it cut to a cast, I was like, oh, I would have just watched a Gorilla Stomp toy buildings for 90 minutes i'm happy <laughs> i will tell you that movie is called the mighty peking man and i'm not kidding that movie is a 90 minute movie 75 minutes of it is stomping and i'll tell you <laughs> it gets boring <laughs> there is a meditative aspect yeah. to it there's a zen that exists you search asmr uh monster yeah. destroy city and fall asleep to it <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm going to be pulling down some power lines. And <laughs> um, getting caught in them. There's going to be some sparks. <laughs> okay, I've just stomped a school. <laughs> Do you hear the screaming of the children? <laughs> I can't tell if it's ASMR or horror. It's both. <laughs> Right, this will put you either right to sleep or you'll wake right the fuck up. <laughs> what are you doing in Seoul? I got my editor to assign me to cover your first movie in the Orient. Should be a big story. Don't be silly. Why did you come? I wanted to be near the woman I love. Tom, we promised to cool it. Remember, no talk of love. You promised. I didn't. Tom is checking on a flight from Los Angeles. His uh, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, booty call, fiance, who knows? Marilyn Baker is being interviewed by the press, uh, an actress on her first trip to the Orient. The first of many, (laughs) many references we will have to the Orient. She's the mom from Growing Pains. Marilyn Baker, played by, at the time, Joanna De Verona. De Verona. <laughs> She's a really good TV mom. <laughs> De Verona. De Verona by the crap. <laughs> With lovely De Verona, where we set our scene. <laughs> she plays movie star Marilyn Baker, showing up to Seoul for her first movie. Also, in real life, her first movie. It was actually, I understand that this movie is just aping, pun intended, oh. King Kong. <laughs> but I actually thought it was funny to have a person playing a movie starlet getting off a plane and like being interviewed outside an airport because it motivated all the people when they were stealing the location outside of the Seoul airport, all of the people standing in the background just like staring at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, it's a movie star. So they'd be staring. I have a question. Did they green screen them into that parking lot? There were certain shots that looked really strange. There was. I don't think so. I think that just the key lighting was like harsh as shit. <laughs> it was just, everything was in focus in a really strange way. Whoever was doing the bounce that day <laughs> deserves a lion's share of the $23,000 it took to make <laughs> To solidify Tom as a character in our hearts, Tom has stalked her to Korea using his his job as an excuse and this is a, a movie as well as the u.s army this is a movie made in partnership with korean air <laughs> i don't know how good an ad for korean air it was because tom 
a creep of creeps can just walk <laughs> up to like the front desk and be like, hey, is this person on this plane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. 9-11 hasn't happened yet. <laughs> information if you want it. She is thrilled to see Tom. She gives him a big kiss. Like, she is at least... Horny for Tom. <laughs> she, she is, but she wants space. She and get, he, 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 he yeah. loves her, and she's like, you are really just my flight attendant that I run into whenever I'm shooting a movie somewhere. And he he's proposed to her multiple times already, right? It's even better. He has told her back in L.A. that he loves her. And she asked for space. So, of course, he followed her to Korea. (laughs) (laughs) They get in the car and engage in a little bit of, again, partnered with Korean Air, tourist pillow talk. (laughs) 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 They just, like, sweet talk each other while pointing out highlights on their drive from Seoul Airport to the uh, But, spoiler alert, they really hang a lantern on, he talks about the South Gate and how it was built 500 years ago and they've restored and rebuilt it. And I'm like, that ape is good gonna destroy the south gate in this movie and i can't wait uh we never get to that fireworks factory no it turns out you can wait (laughs) i was so disappointed we did not get Chekhov's landmarks yeah (laughs) and they only do the the shot of the the south gate right and then she's describing other buildings and it's just all off camera (laughs) we don't get to see any other buildings they got the one shot (laughs) that's what we call in the business Runtime padding. What's <laughs> <laughs> that building over there? It's where the president lives. It's very impressive, especially with that mountain behind it. They might as well have been reading, like, the trip advisor. To- <laughs> so they were like, hey, maybe tonight we could meet up for dinner, take a romantic cable car up to the top of Seoul Tower, <laughs> hang a love padlock on a fence, an activity enjoyed by thousands, of course, every year. <laughs> oh, baby, if we're short on time, we could always prioritize the Joseon Dynasty Gallery at the National Museum of Korea. Tripzilla called it a must. <laughs> and only Tripzilla can defeat the ape. <laughs> Being instinctive rivals, there's no doubt these cinematic colosses will attempt to destroy each other. Oh, I want the sequel Ape versus Tripzilla. Ape versus Tripzilla, yeah. It is wild, and all of this is being done because she's trying to... <laughs> dodge the subject that he's just proposed marriage (laughs) this movie has so much padding you can fucking lock an inmate in there (laughs) you can just keep someone there for years and years i was wondering at this point what was gonna happen with them because they love each other where could this go (laughs) oh they get together at the end that's interesting no (laughs) that's climactic the ape continues its destruction. Uh, a farmer finds giant footprints of the ape and then the ape itself. And then we cut to my favorite character in the movie, Colonel Kim. Captain Kim. Captain, Captain Kim. Kim. <laughs> Your favorite character? You disrespect his rank? <laughs> I'm sorry, Captain. I'm sorry, Captain. He gets a phone call about the ape. An important phone call over breakfast. Yes, that's right. He's having breakfast with his uh, kids and his wife. Some farmer had too much to drink this morning, I'm afraid. He says he saw footprints five to six feet long. Belonging to some sort of monster. A monster? What kind of old monster? Eat your breakfast, kids, or I'll become a monster. 
family seems really happy. It seems like they're always laughing and having a good time. It's a really healthy family. It's what happens when you put fucking bennies into your kid's cereal. (laughs) Everything's hilarious. (laughs) It's also maybe the worst defender I've ever seen of the quick movie telephone call. (laughs) His wife gives him the phone. He goes, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and, up, <laughs> and then sits down and explains what we've seen in the movie so far. <laughs> like the fact that he doesn't say a giant ape. Yeah, very sober reaction. Well, I mean, he doesn't need to do that because Colonel Davis is yes. about to do that. Every other scene, Colonel Davis is yes. just having the one-sided like, "What? What do you mean that's a giant ape running around and destroying things? Has he gotten to that building? He did. Oh no." Goddamn motherfucking shit fuck. (laughs) That guy could not hold his tongue. And he's the only one. They really let Alex Nichol, the actor, off the leash in this movie. They really were just like, fucking go off, Alex. It was so wild. Nobody else was cursing or like, everyone was very restrained. And every time they just cut back to him, he'd just be like, what do you mean there's a giant ape? What kind of bullshit is that? Fucking asshole talks to me like that, you piece of goddamn shit. (laughs) Now, what kind of bullshit are you trying to hand me? Yeah, a footprint five or six feet long. Look, Captain, this is Korea, not Scotland. The Loch Ness Monster couldn't make it over the Berlin Wall. He refuses to believe in this ape until very late in the movie. Until it's too late. Until it's too late? Until numbers are skyrocketing and L.A. is the epicenter for the disease. (laughs) What? (laughs) It was going for Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Well, family land. <laughs> oh, yes. Family land. Which, that great transition. Great transition, Casey. Beautiful. We get B-roll of family land. It's closed. It's the morning. And then, like a herd of cattle, <laughs> we hear the distant sounds of children stampeding towards the gates. There's no ticket takers. No one in charge. And these kids fucking vault the fence <laughs> like they're training for the fucking Olympics. And the music in this scene is so extra. Also, Family Land in like a theme park where seemingly the biggest attraction is a playground yeah. in the yeah, middle yeah. of the park. The establishing shot is of a Ferris wheel and like rocket rides, but the only thing that the kids are riding are slides and swings. <laughs> I don't know how they do it in the Orient. <laughs> <laughs> but why are those kids running down the they don't know how to use a slide what's happening is that new technology over there in 1976 the slide technology was far ahead of ours it's baffling it's a baffling scene and then one lone adult shows up and she's just like looking at them she's not saying anything she's just like oh kids oh shit a giant ape (laughs) I love that the ape is just watching the kids play the ape is very innocent because shortly after this is where the snake fight happens and frankly you can argue that the ape was there to protect these children from this horrifyingly large snake (laughs) that would have eaten all of them whole yep and (laughs) destroyed family land which would have devastated everyone and And the economy and the economy yeah you you can't close family land for nine months oh god jamie this movie Ape saves the children from another enormous monster creature. Who is just chilling. That snake ain't doing nothing. It's not really attacking. It's just there. 
huge. It, it's massive because he's 36 feet tall, as previously established. Okay, so because something is big, it needs to be controlled, <laughs> Yeah, man. It, it just doesn't. It's too big for our little world. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you can't talk about Garrett. He's right here. <laughs> Garrett, how about the snake monster? How does that rank in the kaiju canon? It's always good to have a giant snake monster. How mm-hmm. nerdy do you want me to get? Because there's yes. a giant... As well. yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. There's a giant snake monster in the Godzilla films called Manda, which has a close place to my heart. He fights a giant submarine named Atragon with a huge drill on the front. Hard to beat that. (laughs) Wait, the submarine has a name? The submarine has a name and it is Atragon. (laughs) I love it. Everything has a name, Josh. (laughs) Is it conscious? Is it a conscious submarine? No, no. (laughs) See? So when I say, I guess, Atragon fights the giant snake monster Manda, the people that pilot Atragon. Uh, Ah, still great. Sorry, I I did not mean to mischaracterize Atragon as having uh, (laughs) sentience. It's it's a Gundam. (laughs) I I was sort of taken for a ride because you said a submarine named Atragon. (laughs) Well, I wasn't sure if it was like a Jet Jaguar situation where it was like It was the USS Atragon. <laughs> right. Named is such a semantically interesting word in the yeah. title. <laughs> the titular actually. Casey's like, wait, wait, wait. We're burying the lead here. <laughs> so not quite Manda levels. No. But this no. is a big old snake. It is a big old snake. Maybe that's why Family Land was closed. <laughs> Whoa, we have this large fucking snake here. Keep your families away. And what I love about that too is we get another instance of the filmmakers trying to capitalize on the 3D effect, but the rubber snake that the ape throws hits the camera. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And they were like, great, cut, print it. Let's move on. <laughs> and you see for a minute the person in the ape costume go like, ooh, what? <laughs> like, is everything okay? Did I break it? That's better than 3D. Like, sure, later in the movie, arrows and stuff fly at you and you make it feel real. But what's the next level beyond 3D? Remind people that there's a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just feel the presence of the snake. Feel the presence of the mat box. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Mel Brooks breaking through the window. <laughs> With the camera. <laughs> they break into the soundstage next yeah. door. Right. Speaking of that, yes. uh, the, yes. the next thing. We cut to a Kung Fu movie. No, but is it a movie, though? Yeah. I don't think it's related to Marilyn's no. movie. Oh, that's a different movie. So were they shooting a movie? I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, there's, yeah. A whole, there's a whole and... bit of, yeah, crew. Oh, and... okay. Okay. There were, okay, there was a film crew there. Okay, because I was who, so Who confused. ran away. Who abandoned their posts. <laughs> Truly. Really quickly. They're not going to go down with the ship. And I think that that's frankly unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many movies being shot in the story of this movie. (laughs) Again, a way this film plays with the concept of film. I imagine when you got to see this movie in 3D, some of this stuff was probably pretty cool because there was like a lot of beers going right at people, kicks that were like point of view kicks that came at the camera and stuff like that. I mean, if they did it well, which who knows? (laughs) They're shooting the scene and one actor notices the ape step up over the hill Kind of, again, with a certain swagger, kind of like Crip walking 
And they panic. <laughs> and yes, the crew seems to run away, Greg, leaving the actors there to fight the ape. Big ups to the actors who just immediately pick up flaming bows and arrows and start shooting it. <laughs> it does beg the question of, in Korea, do they just use real weapons <laughs> when they're shooting these movies? So. Which seems dangerous. I don't think that's a good idea. Those arrows were aflame when they came straight towards the camera. That's also like a wild thing because the movie does sort of posit the idea that they do all of these things in one single shot where they're just like, okay, and then we go off screen and then we get yes! the flaming arrows. We don't have special effects guys to do this. We just sort of grab them and shoot them at each other. We miss. <laughs> and then that comes back later when they're shooting Marilyn's scene in her movie. I don't care how wide that master shot is. She is running too yeah. far away. Like yeah. Yeah. camera cannot see her anymore. She did not have to go that hard multiple <laughs> takes in a row. <laughs> she runs through the entire temple. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> movies working their actors to the bone. <laughs> you gotta give the movie some credit. One of my favorite details with this film shoot scene is it ends with presumably part of the cast coming in with the battering ram. And then we never, I was never like, I, I was denied a battering ram action. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> also, what did they think they were going to do? Now, I think that was the crew, Greg. I don't think they, I don't think the crew abandoned them. I think while the cast was shooting flaming arrows, the crew was like, quick, get the log. <laughs> you know, the log, the production log. Yeah. Every production is required by law to have a giant battering ram <laughs> to keep a shooting log the ac got confused <laughs> he's like i've just been writing everything on this log here <laughs> <laughs> and they run it straight at the camera and <laughs> cut away and we don't know what happens to them. and i want to know what happens to them it is disappointing <laughs> so while the ape is having all of these shenanigans <laughs> while the ape is just getting into some mess if you watch some whiplash Colonel Davis is talking to Captain Kim and and apparently there's a big press conference waiting Colonel (laughs) Davis goes to hell with the press I gotta smoke this goddamn cigarette (laughs) and then he asks Captain Kim what kind of cigarettes he smokes (laughs) they just have a prolonged discussion about cigarette brands a a great little button of yeah they're chinese cigarettes called long life is like that's that's brilliant that's beautiful jamie i'm gonna join you on this covid train because here we have someone not only denying the existence of the problem and now i'm gonna denigrate the press screw those people I love that shit because they clearly just had him for a day. We got one location. like just, It's always just referencing going somewhere, but they don't go somewhere. It's like, he's like, oh yeah, there's hundreds of people waiting outside, but they can wait, guys. They can wait. Production value is in the discussion, not the show. <laughs> Captain Kim and Colonel Davis like walk outside to address the press. And the most ardent chaser of the truth is our lead Tom Rose who pushes back on Colonel Davis when Colonel Davis refuses to call the ape anything but the China virus. (laughs) (laughs) Colonel Davis sort of like pushes him off says it's not a monster we're gonna like capture or kill this ape by the end of the night and then when everyone walks away Tom reminds Captain Kim that they are actually old friends who know each other very well. (laughs) 
Remember me? We're best friends. Very convenient. He's the like lead questioner of Colonel Davis. And he's a reporter, he says, but that man is taking no notes. No. He has no recording uh, equipment. Well, like, because he only he... lied to his paper to say that he needed to come to Seoul in order to do a story. And it's his lucky day. The biggest story has fallen in his lap, but he was in no way actually prepared to work during this trip to go. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take any of his work equipment or clothes. Wait, his work equipment, which would be a pad <laughs> and paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also couldn't take the pad and paper from the hotel. Yeah, why didn't you show up with anything i have a big story here that just fallen into my lap it's like and i'm gonna just remember all the details <laughs> yeah. i'll remember what he said by all the times i said something very cool <laughs> like, yeah, i've got photographic smarm and now jamie yes we arrive at the hang the, hang the most whimsical scene in all kaiju so hang gliders garrett do they have any sort of history in kaiju films of the kaiju batting playfully at hang gliders. You know, uh, of all the kaiju films I've seen, hang gliders are a first here. We've got a first! we got a first, everybody. <laughs> Has any other kaiju film used a cow for perspective? <laughs> <laughs> been used before. Because the scene opens with a shot yes! of an actual cow. Yes. And then the person in the gorilla suit just steps over a toy cow to show how big this yeah. gorilla is. It is everything. That scene <laughs> gives me so much undying pleasure. <laughs> this is the scene where I just have to start throwing yellow cards at the screen of all of the scale abuse that it does. Oh, man. Because there's also the tiny toy people of the hang gliders. I'm going to defend the movie a little bit because... It rules? Yes, it rules. <laughs> this movie does seem inconsistent with the scale size of this gorilla. If you take the sailors at the beginning at their word when they say the ape is 36 feet tall... But let's also remember that these are the same people who thought they gave him five days worth of anesthesia and he woke up the next day. (laughs) I'd give you that, except for the fact that Tom then refers to the ape as 36 feet later on. Yeah, they do say it a number of times and they're very specific about it. How do they get this very specific measurement of the ape? He's measured in cows. Yeah. But yeah, the king's measurements. We <laughs> ate <laughs> <laughs> ten cows. Mootrick. Oh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> that That hang gliding scene, you know what? That, that scene really made me realize this movie is baller. Whether or not you think it worked. It did. Um, it, I mean, it did. But whether or not you think it worked as a movie, this had to have been... One of the greatest shoots in cinematic history. Yes. They got free stuff from the U.S. Army. They got to just shoot, like, helicopters, Humvees, fucking guns, tanks, all they wanted. Guy in an ape costume got to stomp around on a bunch of, like, fake buildings and stuff. They shot in 3D. They did a kung fu scene just like fucking because <laughs> like just for like hey let's cut to a fucking martial arts scene they got to go hang gliding just so that they could shoot a hang glider in the hand of the ape if you think back to the credits paul later wrote this movie with his son reuben later oh that what? was his son okay. the assistant director is his daughter miriam later this was a family vacation oh my to, god to korea <laughs> 
paid for by Korean Air, and the supplemented American. by the U.S. Army, <laughs> and they got to make a fucking kaiju movie while they did it. <laughs> this rule. Paul Later is also Dino, the director of Marilyn's movie. Yes, and I want to talk about that. Well, okay, so that's where so we are. <laughs> yeah. Now we pick up with Marilyn. We find out where she's been this whole time, which is rehearsing a rape scene over and over and over again. To the point where you question, is this movie only a rape scene? <laughs> I think so. Yo. The two things I'd like to say. One, I'd like to protest the unfair treatment of Greg's in movies. <laughs> the amount of times I found my name sullied in, within the text of these types of movies is frankly disheartening. Oh, God, yeah. Between this and what was it? Uh, future Kill. Future, future Kill. Kill. Wait, there was another one. Yeah, I think also maybe Shadow, Shadow Creature. Shadow Creature. It was There's Shadow been Creature. a handful of Greg's. Because it was the frats. And they're all bad people. <laughs> Art imitating life. <laughs> the man she's acting against, Greg, is very intense on the rape scene. The director asks him to uh, be more gentle, which he is not happy about. He's a method actor, guys. The line... Okay, now remember, Greg, rape her gentle is legitimately the most single, uncomfortable, and simultaneously, like, bonkers <laughs> sentence ever written for a movie. <laughs> it's wild. That is a crazy string of words. <laughs> you write that down on a piece of paper, and you just have to ask yourself, why? And where's my Academy Award? <laughs> I want to talk about this scene a lot, because it is fascinating. Again, Garrett, like you said, this movie was, like, obviously made very quickly quickly and cheaply because Dino De Laurentiis was making a King Kong movie. And so Paul Later and his crew go to Korea, South Korea to make this like obvious King Kong ripoff. He cast himself as a director named Dino. <laughs> to me it was so funny because it's like in April 1976, Dino De Laurentiis put out Lipstick. The movie is like a rape revenge thriller. Like people really pan that movie. So the fact that Paul later casted himself as a man named Dito, making fun of rape as a storyline in like 1970s New Hollywood cinema, while undercutting and stealing the King Kong IP out from under Dino De Laurentiis. <laughs> <laughs> is wow. Sick. Is so sick. And the fact that also, like, we watch this scene and this is like an overt rape scene, and then later we get the second scene of the movie, which seems like another rape scene. Yeah. 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 The movie is only rape scenes. Leads me to believe that. Only increasingly madcap rape scenes. And there's something sort of weirdly, like, poetically satirical about just the idea that, yeah, like, all movies are just like violence against women consistently over and over again. Yeah. And then fucking Tom shows up, and Tom is like literally pressuring her into. <laughs> at every turn in this movie yeah and at the same time this is a king kong ripoff the, literally the plot of every king kong movie is incel tries to get women yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> and the woman who is taken by the giant ape is brutalized enough to experience this sort of stockholm syndrome where they fall for the beast the literal beast who has taken her God, I love this movie. <laughs> like, this isn't just kicking buildings over. They, like, they use the middle of this movie to do some satire. There's also, like, some real funny lines, like, in the second scene when they're shooting, rather than calling action, yes. Dino just goes, okay, actors, now 
act. Casey, I will say that does give me a whole new appreciation for this movie. Like that is pretty fucking clever. So Josh, you didn't pick up on the fact that this movie was brilliant when the ape knocked a helicopter out of the sky (laughs) and then not only flipped it off, but also like did the arm thing at the same time. So as to say, fuck you in two different ways simultaneously. No, that got me. That really got me. (laughs) Sit on this, Potsy. (laughs) King Kong has never been my jam necessarily like i like them fine like it the first movie's rules but like i I, it's never been something that i've followed too deeply because when you get right down to it like the relationship between the damsel in distress and king kong is a bummer sort of the fact that in every movie the damsel always ends up feeling for the beast yes which they explicitly say in this one where she's like it's weird you know but like i looked into his eyes and i just I don't know, felt something. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, how? You got a little butterfly tickling her tummy. Like, what? The first time the ape takes her, she's screaming, and then we cut back to her, and she's very, like, calm, and she has this come-hither look on her face, and she says, You cannot take It is chilling. She has been flown out to Korea to simulate being raped on camera. And then she's like grabbed by this hulking beast and has to acquiesce and say, be gentle to me, big boy. Is and then he chilling. says she felt safer with him than like... Than with Tom? Than I with understand Tom. that. <laughs> I totally understand that. So instead, she marries him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On top of everything else, this movie is awesome for a million reasons. But I feel like there was... For 1976, an interesting thread of rape cultural commentary going on. Or it was a movie that was written in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Using King Kong as a template. (laughs) Garrett, I'm going to lean on your kaiju knowledge a little bit. Are there any similar relationships to the relationship between the damsel and Kong? Because I feel like every other kaiju I'm aware of, it's either they are the threat or we at best can have a friendship or at minimum, a deferent respect to their godlike power. Yeah. Is there any others where there are relationships <laughs> formed? So there's a there's a Japanese film called War of the Gargantuas, which has two creatures that are very Kong-like, right? They're humanoid. They're the gargantuas. One is an evil gargantua. I think he's green. The other is a good gargantua. He's brown. And so there is kind of a relationship that develops between them and this scientist in that film, this female scientist. But again, because of the humanoid aspect of these creatures, you kind of watch this and go, oh, okay, this is Toho Studios riff on King Kong. Uh, But also with adding polyamory. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) There's also Gamera, friend to children. Friend to children, yeah. Yeah, Gamera's on a lot of watch lists. (laughs) (laughs) How close a friend to children are you, Gamera? (laughs) They had to update it later to Gamera, friend of people. (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking about Nagbla, the North American Gamera Boy Love Association? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> There's also Yangri Monster from the Deep. Oh, it's basically yeah. Gamera. I believe it's yeah. South Korean also. Well, yeah. this isn't kaiju. This is monster movie. But Creature from the Black Lagoon also historically is mm, of yeah. that. Sure. Well, I mean, if they're human size. If you, they're human size, you can get If they're human size, you should fuck. And then you get an Oscar hey. for it. <laughs> I was going to say. Shape <laughs> <laughs> water. <laughs> I can't wait for Ape to be remade with Michael Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> now I do want to dub in Michael Shannon shouting over the ape in this movie. Just like do a quick fan edit. Yes. Just hearing Michael Shannon shout, burn that goddamn monkey! <laughs> would be a dream. Yeah. yeah. So the actual point of that scene, <laughs> besides the subtext that Casey has gone into, is that Tom has come to warn Marilyn that, you know, this ape situation is getting a little out of control. <laughs> and like, maybe don't go back to Seoul tonight. In which case she's like, yeah, I won't. I'll just go back to Seoul tonight. And he's like, great. Glad we had this conversation. <laughs> cool. Want to make out for a while? The harshest cut ever, because it's like yeah. swelling violins that them making out to Davis yelling, how many dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's the that, cut. That's the cut. That cut is like, how many dead? And it rules because they're just like, we got to evacuate everybody. And his second in command goes, but what about the logistics? And he just goes, screw the logistics. <laughs> I love that every line that Colonel Davis has is just filled with indignant anger. What? <laughs> tea? You're bringing me tea? Yes, I would love a glass of tea. <laughs> Again, fucking punk rock shit, like special thanks to our boys in green, makes the fucking fool of the movie an army colonel. He's the silly Billy who just yells and is always on the back foot doesn't believe that the creature is real lets a numerous amount of people die encourages herd immunity owns a (laughs) number of resorts (laughs) i love that this movie did all this and like just paid the u.s army in thoughts and prayers See, they are worth something. (laughs) We learn that the apes just been fucking rampaging and we see just villages of people fleeing from their homes, getting into trucks. And it really made me think that like, fuck, I know there's a giant ape out there, but like Koreans are all babies. And by that, I mean the ADR they did for the screaming was all done by children. (laughs) (laughs) And they're running from, again, another crime against scale that this movie has. There's a process shot of two very skinny legs that they're running from. (laughs) Those legs were fucking awesome. It's like a guy in leotards, like black leotards that don't have any hair on them. When we saw that sort of perspective shot, I knew this movie had me because the thought I had was pee on them. <laughs> do it. No, we've had too many movies pee with pee jokes them, in them. We've had too many. We were due. Pee we were on them. Oh, the, the crowd goes full Dustin Hoffman. Mr. Ape, are you trying to seduce us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it is the same shot. <laughs> the legs weren't bad. They were pretty nice ape legs. Yeah. That, that is another instance, though, where 
you feel like the ape, this 36 ape, somehow surprised all of them, right? <laughs> yes. Like, they run around the corner like, oh my god, I god. didn't see that 36 ape standing there. <laughs> it was blocked by that yeah. one-story tall building. <laughs> right. Seemingly, Koreans don't listen to almost anything, because also, later on, there's just, like, people still in Seoul after they've been yes. evacuated, just, like, in their homes. In, in game rooms. <laughs> Indoor dining in restaurants. (laughs) Masks off. (laughs) Tom and Kim are following the ape's trail of destruction. (laughs) And scent, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Probably not that hard. Stanky. Marilyn is filming another of the many rape scenes that I have to assume are in this film that she's making. A sillier one, though. It's outdoors, a very large, very ornate, very nice looking temple. And Jamie made a great point talking about the complete impossible logistics of the camera lens in this scene. Because (laughs) they're in one part of the temple. They start the scene. Then the actors run outside of the temple through many doors and walls. Across a bridge. Far (laughs) out of the range of this camera. They're expected to keep acting. But when she is inevitably taken, the director actually doesn't see that happened so she went too far over her mark there was no reason for them to keep this performance up. she ran like a quarter of a mile yeah. and somehow could still hear said, when the director's like <laughs> they don't see her get taken the cameraman sees something in the background but he doesn't know what ape in frame we got ape in frame oh I also love that in the shot we get of the ape while he's watching this he's just sitting chewing on like a giant tree happy as a clam he's brushing his teeth you know (laughs) gotta keep those big chompas clean yeah i kind of appreciate that the movie is called ape and it features all this rape but i i feel like i don't appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) really i really wish that they would have just leaned in and everyone's just always eating grapes (laughs) lots of there's lots of drapes on all the windows there is though there There is is. (laughs) captain kim's apartment that whole apartment is completely covered in drapes holy shit holy shit we've cracked the code guys we did it we did it they have to do another take of the running because there was ape in frame and then at the end of the take this time the ape grabs did i say tape no i'm just saying tape rhymes with ape yeah (laughs) we should just name all the words that rhyme with ape (laughs) yeah before marilyn could make her escape the uh. ape grabs. <laughs> <laughs> the ape grabs her. And Wait, does she... he grab her or does she run straight into his open palm? <laughs> Classic mistake. <laughs> she looks back just in time to run straight into this prop is so terrible. The giant whoa. ape hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. It's whoa, so bad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh oh, now he's pooping into his hand and plugging it. Ah, ah, it's, on the, it's on the lens! It's on the lens! Sorry if you um, speak bad against this movie, my, my inner ape comes out. <laughs> my animal side. The hand is like barely covered in crepe hair. Like just. Crepe? <laughs> 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 dumbest runner (laughs) in a podcast full of dumb runners guys 
enough japes. <laughs> it's just, I hate it. She runs into his hand and he scoops her up and takes her away. <laughs> we got to see Paul later do some acting as he ran after Marilyn and tried to flag down the army and said with a familiarity that seemed unexpected, he got Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> he got Marilyn. Again, everyone knows about the giant ape. It's just a matter of what are people doing to avoid the giant ape? And the answer is not much. <laughs> right. Well, without any sort of national assistance, Jamie, there's not much you can expect the individual to do to prevent the giant ape. The giant ape's going to get across the country anyway. And sure, there are steps you can personally take to prevent yourself running into the giant ape. But you know, without the government really getting more involved, the giant ape's just going to have its way. You can't, as an American, tell me that I can't wear ape scent and walk into anywhere I want to, covered in banana deodorant. <laughs> Can we talk about the sound of this movie? For a yes. I love old yes. movies like this where they didn't build a lot of sets, and so it's all just like wood flats that haven't yeah. been insulated at all it's like it's like what do you mean the ape is coming <laughs> where do we go i love too though like seemingly no foley work in the destruction scenes right yes! like that ape is destroying balsa wood and styrofoam structures and gosh darn it that's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> but later they go yeah. ham on adr and yes. foley work they they save it all for they the, for the very end. Finale. It does read a little to me like the ape is just like I just want a home for myself. <laughs> I shan't fit in this one. How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> this one's too small. They're just all too small. The director flags down Tom and Kim. Tells them that the ape has taken Marilyn. Kim radios Davis, and uh, Davis gets a call from someone who demands the ape alive a higher up who i can only assume is walt disney because they already <laughs> sold a lot of tickets to this one yes. night event at yes. disneyland <laughs> well, he's the only man with enough power yeah. to command yeah. the u.s army to keep this ape alive upon hearing that maryland's been taken by the ape our hero tom says i'll hang here Captain Kim, you can go get her. <laughs> Changes his tune when he learns that they are going to gas the ape. Yes. Tom borrows a Jeep. The first of many Jeeps that he borrows from Captain Kim and does not return. I love Captain Kim's line later. The second one in the same day? Please. All right, we'll send you the bill, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love Captain Kim. My absolute favorite thing about B-movies is the moment when the logic doesn't make sense and they paper it over with the line, it's our only chance. <laughs> yes. It's cruise control to good movie making. <laughs> the U.S. Army is gassing the ape so that it can be taken alive. Tom saves Marilyn from a cave where the ape kept Marilyn so that he can do battle against the army. And meanwhile, the ape is slapping fucking helicopters yeah. out of the air. <laughs> so they yeah. dispatch like... 20 helicopters and we see the full force of their command of the u.s army in this film and it's sweet yeah. it's a great helicopter sequence if only for quantity if not <laughs> these are minor inconveniences that he's batting out of the sky this is also where we begin reusing the i don't know ape theme that <laughs> over oh. and over and over again 
We get this little ditty just on repeat from now until the end of the film. The haunting Torgo theme. (laughs) 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 This is really when my notes get sparse, too, because there's just so much repeated footage. What do you mean? (laughs) I was checking my email. I'm like, is he still batting away helicopters? Okay, cool. (laughs) But if you stop paying attention, then you will miss certain choice nuggets like the helicopter's coming straight at the camera or him flipping off the audience. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I did not audience, miss yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the single greatest shot in the entire film. The ape, does he throw it or does he bat it? Hey, he fucking pimp slaps that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he backhands that motherfucker. He backhands the helicopter. Take that, blue thunder. <laughs> He's like, Black Hawk, down! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that's beautiful. He slaps the helicopter into the side of the mountain. It explodes, and he flips it the bird. Not it. Like, us? Yeah, yeah. He flips the film, the audience, all of us, the bird. It's the most self-aware thing. It is kind of perfect that the last line spoiler of this movie is like, he was just too big for our little world. Uh. He feels like a guy in an ape costume that was accidentally like blown up to humongous proportions. (laughs) So like he's very aware of like human customs and being attracted to this woman actress, but like he has no way of communicating it. So he's just stumbling around dealing with it. There was a little while where this was optioned for the last sequel of Honey, I Blew up the ape. <laughs> Rick Moranis was attacked. I would pay so much money to watch the movie of a guy in an ape costume and the ape costume gets stuck on him. Yes. And then a growth ray hits him. He becomes a kaiju monster and then is yeah. just like, nobody can somebody help me. Oh, oh, for the right. love of God. It feels like that's the movie. <laughs> that's one way to read it. I mean, cinema is all about your interpretation. I'm not a giant ape. I'm a giant human. (laughs) (laughs) What's the (laughs) difference? Write it. You guys just got the green lights. That helicopter sequence does go on for quite a while. (laughs) Yeah. What are you implying? Well, well, it just goes on for quite a while. And I realized that if there's any weakness in this movie is they really spend the time showing you how not good the gorilla suit looks. (laughs) Like like if they were a bit more choosy on the sequence, it might have played a little better. And as I was thinking that, the gorilla flipped me off. (laughs) It knew, Casey. It It knew. All right, movie. You win. No more questions. The next scene is Davis on the phone again because to every other scene has to be a scene of Davis on the phone. But this is my favorite one because it starts with him saying, Now you tell those fuzzy-headed scientists If they want them taken alive, they should come out and do it themselves, for Christ's sake. Which is really the only part of the movie that pokes a hole in Jamie's (laughs) thought process about this being COVID because the military and the government are are bowing to the scientists. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, Davis is fed up. Davis tells his commanders that the ape escaped. 
and he finds out they they still want to capture him one more time. <laughs> you gotta love the movie's exposition just being, oh, we're just gonna do this again. <laughs> I know. The next 15 minutes are the last 15. We're just gonna loop it and we'll come Get back. Ready, folks. We're coming back. I also like it because Captain Kim is like, just bring her back to my place. You know where it is. You've boned my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so they do, though. They do drive back to Seoul, uh, all the way ribbing each other about what, how attracted uh, oh, Marilyn was to great. the giant gorilla. I never thought I'd be getting jealous of a 36-foot ape. Are you? You are. <laughs> That's funny. You really are. They haven't gone to that Buddhist monk yet, but they do argue like a married couple. She, yeah. who has just been rescued from the grasp of a giant ape monster, is like... Hey, I don't know much more dangerous, the ape or your driving. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. I think I'd rather be with the ape. Marilyn uh, laments about why they can't uh, let the ape go. Well, why can't they take him back to where they found him? Have you ever heard of an oil man shutting a well that promises to produce 100 barrels a day? We don't live in that kind of world. And this is like the beginning of a series of these weird, very much trying to emulate the end of King Kong lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's a writer's room. They're throwing stuff on the wall, seeing what sticks, trying to get their twas beauty. Yeah. But uh, none of them land. But does King Kong have a peeping Tom in on two people about to have sex? Oh, God. We cut into a hotel. Where a husky, sweaty white guy is throwing himself on top of a young Korean woman. And we see on her face the horror at the thought of a horned up monster pawing at her with its huge hairy fingers. And then she noticed the gorilla. (laughs) 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 Now we get Mrs. Kim entertaining her children with the most terrifying puppet scene I have ever seen on film. Oh, okay. That's an exaggeration. Sid and Marty Croft present Ape. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. No, Jamie, you know how I feel about clowns. That's true. And this was unpleasant in every way. And like a lot of the other sequences we've been talking about, the helicopter sequence, it just goes on. For so long! (laughs) We keep cutting back to the same footage of the children laughing like this is the funniest thing they've ever seen in their lives. Wait, wait, wait. This was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wait, you didn't love the marionette? He, he blinked it was so out of rhythm. It was so whimsical. <laughs> he, he eats crackers off my sides. <laughs> so the ape's just stomping through Seoul looking for Marilyn. Yep. Or I should say he's traipsing. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> traipsing through Seoul. He rips open a couple buildings and he, I don't know, follows her scent and is able to find her in Kim's house. He has an uncanny ability to find the people who have continued to stay in Seoul. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. everything that he rips open is still filled with people, even after we've watched a shitload of them. Well, not a shitload of them. Tens of them evacuate. <laughs> Davis finally is able to get his dearest desire and wish, permission to kill the ape. Yes. Colonel Davis gets the call and hangs up. Like, he doesn't say anything, and, and the advisor has to pry it out of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did he say, sir? General Park and the Korean government have issued orders 
to kill that hairy son of a bitch. Like, were you going to keep that to yourself? Yeah. Like- yeah. And it's the punchline on the end of the cigarette runner because he goes to light up a third cigarette as if to say, ugh picked a bad week to quit chewing scenery <laughs> <laughs> and he deploys troops to patriotic drum music apes leaving soul and we get a absurd number of minutes of vehicles being deployed all the time it's the u.s it's his leaders who are telling him keep the ape alive he's telling his higher ups like hundreds of people are dying as we just let this ape roam free across the countryside their deaths are not on my head their deaths are on your head u.s army general who i am speaking to over the whoever phone whoever you are uh, again this movie made in cooperation with the u.s <laughs> and the decision to kill the ape to save the day in the end he makes clear it was the korean armed forces that decided like we're gonna do this yep, now yep. Yep, yep. And then we cut to the ape doing like an interpretive dance. <laughs> yeah, man. In slow motion, just like really feeling himself. And yeah, all man. of the gunfire and explosions just sound like they were made by a, a drum machine. Yes. <laughs> so the scene really feels like he's like the weird guy in the East Village dancing on the <laughs> sidewalk to like a big black song. <laughs> Yeah, the apes fucking Millie rocking down the block as like fucking tanks just open up on him. And it's such a long (laughs) of him being shot so long and also the fact that once they got permission to shoot on site they went whole hog disregarding the fact that Marilyn is in his hands at the moment well not Marilyn but a doll doll. (laughs) (laughs) and like frankly that has the military I know and love just be like well gotta go for it there's an innocent civilian Uh. okay (laughs) and there are so many miniatures abound and there's so many gimmicks where the rocks boulders tumble towards the screen in 3d put your glasses on the shots of the ape at the top of the mountain throwing the boulders down at the approaching soldiers actually was like super rad looking because of the forced perspective that they were using i thought that that was totally sweet i was like oh this this is cool even though those boulders look you know (laughs) like they weigh Uh, half a pound yeah clearly styrofoam and then there's like little tank toys that he throws at the camera (laughs) yeah tanks be damned those things blow up as soon as you throw a rock (laughs) but also it was so cute the little baby model tank shooting bottle rockets up at him oh i loved it so much (laughs) it was adorable it was little timmy tank timmy tank the mom and dad tank takes their kids to tank school and all right all right billy i'm just gonna start you (laughs) off with water bottles today (laughs) 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 so does the ape let her go or does she like fall out no i think he has an emotional connection and is like i won't survive this and my love is so strong that i need to let you go so that you don't die with me that's how i interpreted that very nuanced performance of man in ape suit <laughs> and Marilyn no longer yeah. being held by man in ape suit <laughs> yeah yeah because just like suddenly she's not being held by man in ape suit anymore and tom is able to find her they embrace the ape gets shot by an adorable little tank and spits out blood and falls to the ground very very 
slowly. <laughs> I, oh, I do yeah. like that this movie does follow kung fu movie rules, which is as soon as you bleed from the mouth, that's how you know you're done. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I yep. did love that detail, yeah. right? He's been getting bombarded, and then, like, at the very end, it's, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we got our final moment of Tom embracing Marilyn, and their equivalent of Twas Beauty Killed the Beast. Boy. It's just too big for a small world like ours. And what scene. did we learn? That much. <laughs> <laughs> and we get this concluding shot of what I assume is a hill. I don't know if it was like the artifacting <laughs> on, on YouTube. It could have been the ape's stomach, but it's this long shot of the sun setting over a hill. <laughs> what am I looking at? Why am I looking uh, at this? I really hope it was the sun setting over the ape's chest. <laughs> the corpse of the Just, ape. The sun sets on another ape. <laughs> Just another dead ape. What are we in the end but dead apes? Ooh. Oh. Giant, horny, angry apes. <laughs> <laughs> God, we are giant, horny apes dying in the sun. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to do an apropos, an apropos (laughs) song from my childhood. Ooh. All right, everybody. We're finally here performing for you. I'm going to introduce you to the Video High crew. Put your hands together if you want to clap as we tell you who made this monkey crap. Oh, rip off. Rip report off. card. Rip off. Rip off. Report Go card. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the Ape Rip Off Report Card is brought to you by the Rip Off Report Cardboard, the preferred building material for homes and soul. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say about Ape that hasn't been said already? The Squeaky was rushed into production to capitalize on Dito DiLorenzis' big-budget remake of King Kong that was due out in 76. It was advertised in the trades as the new King Kong, but their pants were sued off by RKO, so it was changed to Super Ape, and then simply Ape, with the tagline, not to be confused with King Kong. (laughs) Ape somehow stands for Attacking Primate Monster. Oh, that was my final thought! Okay, okay. And the E is the E in monster. (laughs) (laughs) In an interview discussing his memories of the film, screenwriter Ruben Later talks about the bevy of absolutely wild shit that happened. First off, of course it was shot in Korea because that's where the funding came from, and the producer had a relationship with Korean Airlines. Apparently, the plane that they took, Flight 007, to get to and from Korea, was shot down by the Soviet Union six years later, and it was like a huge thing. What? Whoa. Secondly, the movie was shot in 3D. Because of the ultra-low budget, they were looking for the cheapest option. So they ended up getting a basically jury-rigged option made by former Oscar-winning cinematographer Winton Hawk who also fancied himself a director, creating a 3D system that was well within budget. The problems that arose, though, were that because it was basically a modified Panasonic camera, it would only take a 32mm lens 
and it would only work if there was no camera movement. <laughs> what? Sweet. He also mentions that these sort of satirical bits are, in fact, purposeful. Knowing that they had what he called peanuts to make the film, the best way was to make the most of their minuscule budget by making the movie more ridiculous. They also had to be adaptable because of the low budget, so when the line producer pitched having a shut-down amusement park at the last minute, they said, let's fucking do it. (laughs) When asked if he remembered whether or not the costume was store-bought, he said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The ape versus shark fight scene is obviously amongst the most famous, and apparently because they had been promised an animatronic shark, and in true zero-budget fashion, as if out of the movie Ed Wood, the night before, it didn't materialize, so the <laughs> line producer went and bought a dead shark for the titular <laughs> ape to wrestle. <laughs> and to round out the stories of truly bananas, pause for laughter, <laughs> happenings on set... Apparently, during one of the sequences of the ape destroying paper mache buildings, the art department had apparently run out of money and didn't build everything out of paper mache. So, the ape actor accidentally punches a building made of concrete <gasps> and <gasps> broke his hand. <laughs> oh, no! oh my god! Yes. And you can pinpoint it in the movie. Oh, oh! And that has been the. Rip off report. (laughs) Rip off report card. (laughs) Rip off report card. Uh, May I add a little addendum? Rip off report card addendum? No. (laughs) (laughs) Why ask if you're going to do it? (laughs) So the technical director in charge of the 3D photography was also listed as cinematographer. His name's Dan Sims. After being the technical director for this level of 3D, he was the first person to do an over-the-air 3D black and white broadcast in 1980. He was the first person to do an over-the-air 3D movie broadcast, Kiss Me Kate, in 1981. He was the first person to shoot a network... 3D TV show episode, Mork and Mindy in 1982. The first live 3D TV show broadcast for KTZO in 1982. The first working 3D TV patent he worked on in 1987. This guy became one of the leaders in 3D photography and cinematography after this movie. It's not after this movie. It was before this movie, too, because the reason that he was hired was because he had written a book about 3D. He was, like, acquainted with the horrible jury rig technology that they were using. <gasps> oh my god! Wow. I just love that literally the guy who wrote the book on 3D movie <laughs> was like, yeah, throw a snake at the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classmates of Video High, that was Ape! What are we walking away with? What could be on that final test? Stay tuned for my new movie coming out next year. Lizard! Legendary Iguana-ish-zilla aping rampaging demigod. Tagline, not to be confused with Godzilla. <laughs> that That's so good. That tired me out. It's time for Mama to go and get herself a little juice. I gotta make myself an April spritz. <laughs> oh no. 
It wasn't the ham-fisted cinematic homages, shoddy 3D photography, and muddled rape cultural commentary. <laughs> Twas bullets that killed the beast. <laughs> Watching the man in the ape suit tramps around destroying buildings, I want nothing more than to do it myself, which is why I've come in front of the video high shark tank to seek funding for my new business ventures. Escape rooms. <laughs> <laughs> where you walk in and you have a tiny little village that you then just kick around and break as much as you want. This is a million dollar idea post-COVID, I'm going to say. <laughs> All right, Josh, I will give you $23,000 for 100% of your company. <laughs> Final offer. You know, it sounds like a pretty good deal. I got to take it. Uh, anybody else got any encounters? No, but I do have a Shark Tank idea and it's called really big shark tank <laughs> oh funny you mentioned that i also have a shark tank but there's a giant dead shark in it <laughs> can i trade you that for that idea done and done Great. casey you're off it's gonna be jamie's giant shark tank uh the film proposes that the ape was too big for our small world but what if we're too small for our big world you know what garrett this is exactly why we have the exchange student program to get new perspectives you've blown our mind <laughs> yep Garrett Steiger, thank you so much for joining thank us you. to pull apart the, <laughs> the dead shark that is. <laughs> yeah, to pull apart the dead shark that is the movie Ape. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Do you have anything that you want to promote or do? I don't. I besides knowing a lot about big kaiju's, uh, what do you what do you do? For uh, my wife and I are working on a documentary film about Odyssey of the Mind. It is a competition that builds teamwork skills and creative problem solving in students. So it's how my wife and I actually met in high school. Not a lot of people. People have heard of it so that is why we are making this film and if you want to find out more you can follow us on the twitter at o-o-t-m-d-o-c that is short for odyssey of the mind document cool sweet where are you at with it where are you shooting it are you or- we are thick in the editing process so we're actually a little quiet on social right now we had shot a lot of footage and uh <laughs> it's my first documentary film so been very exciting i can't wait yeah, to i see can't it. wait to watch it Thank you, thank you. Please go check out at O-O-T-M-D-O-C on Twitter and support Garrett and this awesome documentary. I can't wait to see it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to our teacher, Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for our theme music, Justin Ferrero of The Rizzos for bed music, and Sheer for our logo, and the entire Video High crew. Greg Hansen, Jamie Kennedy, Casey Regan, me, Josh Roth, and our exchange student, Garrett Steiger. Next time, what came first, the carnosaur or the egg? Justin Ferrero joins us to compare the classic 1993 dinosaur blockbuster, Carnosaur, to that other one. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to earn a gold star, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Then you won't have to stay after class and clean the erasers. I did some research into this and I, I found out that the ape suit was made by a man named Philip Arthur City, but I think he was uh, credited <laughs> as P. Artie City. You're <laughs> 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 
son of you a bitch. Me. You get us you every time with this. <laughs> In your ear. Podcast Network. Wackity schmackity do. <laughs>